Hi, I'm Keegan Flegner. I'm 17 years old, and I live in Santa Monica, California. When I was in first grade, I was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. Since that time, sports have played a huge role in changing my life. So I want to show the world how all kinds of sports can help all kinds of people with all kinds of mental and emotional challenges. Welcome to Sports on the Spectrum. My guest today is Zion Kurtman. Zion grew up in Santa Monica, California and played in the Santa Monica YMCA Basketball League. We not only played on opposing teams, but we also played against each other one-on-one on the court often. I loved Zion as a competitor. He loved basketball as much as I did. Zion played the game very aggressively, but he was always very friendly to everyone. Zion and I didn't get to play together until our final seasons, but it was a lot of fun to finally be teammates. Zion had to deal with the challenges that come with having ADHD. Although Zion has since moved to Las Vegas and has become an amazing high school football player, I still considered Zion to be a really good friend. Please join me in welcoming Zion to Sports on the Spectrum. So Zion, I think I'd like to start off like I start off all these shows. You know, if you've seen them, I'm sure you know what that that means. And basically, yeah. And basically what that means, and I'll just explain it for the viewers and listeners who haven't watched this before. I always like to start by asking my guests, you know, what, uh, where did they start in life in regards to, you know, just their sports life in general? And so I'll start with you with a very basic question, which is, what's your first memories of sports? And, you know, it can be anything. It can be watching them, playing them, you know, anything related to sports. What were the first memories you had of sports in general? Well, since like, when I was a little kid, I guess I since I had ADHD, I was super active, hyper. So I guess my uncle or my grandma, they wanted to put me in something because, like, I was just so hyper. So my first sport actually was soccer. Because uh-huh. I, I guess I like to run around. And I yeah, no, track. I mean. So soccer was really fun. It was actually my favorite for a good while. But then... I didn't really play like I guess like certain position that you're running all the time. I played defense. Right. When I was a kid. So I got bored of it kind of, but I still loved the game for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when I got introduced into basketball. Mm. And my grand my uncle was the first person to put me on to basketball. And basketball was probably the biggest, one of the biggest impactful sports I've played. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, and it's interesting, actually, that you started with soccer, too, because believe it or not, actually, I don't think anybody knows this. And because I normally don't even bring this up. Soccer was actually my first sport that I remember, too, actually, you know, and probably for similar reasons that you played it at first. You know, I just loved to get around. I wanted to find something yeah. fun. And so I, you know, at at first I found myself on, you know, stuck on soccer and I loved it, honestly, you know, it was it was really fun. And well, obviously, you know, it didn't stick for that long. And eventually yeah. like you, I transitioned into liking basketball a lot more. I, I, I still do remember those memories of, you know, playing soccer at a very young yeah, age and loving it too. And by the way, um, in regards to the positions, you know, I, I don't remember what I, what position I often played at that age, but all I know now is that there, if there was any position I play, it would be the goalie. Yeah. <laughs> I've only played not- goalie in defense. Right. But it's not actually because like, you know, um, like I like goalie and I do. But at the same time, I've I've I'm terrible with my feet. It's it's like I can, 
I cannot, you know, move a ball around just with my feet, which is why I play basketball. Ironically, I'm really good with my hands. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but, uh, that's the irony in it all, I guess. Um, and I guess, um, uh, I'll then ask this follow-up question also sort of in relation to first memories, but this is a little more specific, which is when you were growing up, what were some of those specific, you know, professional or even amateur, you know, teams or, you know, players, you know, any, anything, any particular things that stood out to you about sports and why was that the case? Um, so growing up, I've always been like a Laker fan, I right. guess, LA, you know, yeah, no. Lakers or Clippers, right? Yeah. Lakers. Yeah. But, well, that's what for me. I feel you. I was, I was, I highly respect the Clippers. Yeah, I know. No. It's like, you know, we may be rivals, but we're still friends at the end of the day because we're all Angelinos. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> so I want to say when, well, before even when I was like, I guess can think when I was like two years old, like I was getting put in like Laker jerseys all the time. Right. Like I even have several pictures of me in the Laker jerseys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, same here for me with the Clippers. It's like yeah. there are plenty of pictures with me wearing those tiny Clipper shirts. It's it's like, you know, it's it's incredibly embarrassing, but at the same time, it's 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 hilarious to look back on. I guess I would also ask really quickly. It's like, were there any specific players or also any specific teams that you liked for anything other than the obvious reason, like per se, you know, you lived in the city, you know? Yeah, I mean, if it was like to go into football, I I like the Broncos specifically. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, specifically because I grew up like just watching the Broncos play right. my whole life. Like my uncle, he watched the Broncos play his whole life because of his um great uncle mm-hmm. who played on who played on the Broncos. So ah. just that I took that experience and then. I guess that became my team too. And ever oh. since then, I've had love with the Broncos. Hey, that's a, that's a good reason to like a team like the Broncos. And I hate to be the, the opposer again, but in addition to being a fan <laughs> of Clippers, I'm also actually a fan of the Patriots too. So it's like, you know, I, it, I know it's, it, it may be fate, but it's like at the same time, you know, <laughs> yeah, I still have the respect for, any opponent especially one that can beat the patriots so yeah of course but yeah no but um, that's that's cool that you like them for that reason you know that you're again your uncle loved them naturally but also that your great uncle played for them actually so it's like i always love people who love teams for maybe you know the randomest or just the craziest of reasons honestly it's like sometimes you just know even if it's not obvious that you love this team like, it's actually weird for me, too, because uh, the shirt I'm wearing right now actually is for uh, the Miami Hurricanes in, in college. And mm. the reason I like them is nothing more than just I like them naturally. It's like I was n- never somebody who loved anything special about Miami, you know, the city or people who live there or anything like that. I just was naturally attracted. Mm. So it's like, you know, as a result, uh, I totally get it. But anyway, um, I guess I'll yeah. continue. I guess I'll continue on and focus, um, uh, again, staying in the specific aspect a little bit, but asking a different type of question. When you were playing sports specifically, or maybe even just watching them, whatever, like what was, what were there any specific moments that you were especially proud of or remember for a specific reason? Um, and why was that the case? 
Um, I do remember one moment. It was in fifth grade. It was actually my first year playing basketball for my school mm-hmm. and for the elementary school. Right. It was semifinals before the championship game. Oh, okay. So, you know, obviously not the, the big one, but still uh, important. Point guard just got subbed and we were down by one point. And then it was literally nine seconds left. And not okay. thinking like, not thinking that we would like be able to get a shot off. Because mm-hmm. like they were shutting us down and all the bad was happening before that because like they right. just caught up to us. So I wasn't necessarily supposed to take the ball up. They were pressing us out right. for it. So I get the ball. My, the only attention I have is I only have a couple seconds to get to the hoop. Right, exactly. And, and I'm the like thing going through your head. In that yeah. Moment. And then I have to think. I'm also thinking, do I want to shoot it or do I just try to go for a layup or do I pass the ball? Right. Like, what is, like, the highest percentage shot? Yeah, no, that's that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part about playing basketball. It's like you never truly know what the best thing, best choice is because you never know. Because it's like it's it's almost just as easy to miss a super easy shot as it is to to make a really difficult shot. So it's like at the end of the day, you can't predict what the best choice is going to be. Right. So I just went, I guess, with my first instinct, and that was to drive. So I drive at my fullest speed, just trying to make that nine-second gap from the right from the end of the court. And it's like a full court. It's not a half court. Right, yeah, I know. So it's like you you have a distance to go. Yeah, it's like not the YMCA-sized court. No, no, no. It's like it's it's a really – it's an NBA-length full court. So it's like – Yeah. So – I'm running my fastest mm-hmm. and I try and I just and I get to the point where I'm right in front of the basket. The basket's right here. Right. So I shoot it, I lay it up with like 0.1 seconds left. There you go. And it rolls around the basket. Oh boy. <laughs> and then like with a little suspense, it drops in and yep, everyone yep. just goes crazy. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And like it just meant a lot to me. Because, like, I'm not even going to – it's not even the fact that – because I'm not going to lie, the game, our championship game that year, we lost. Right. But it didn't It didn't matter to me. It's just, like, oh. the people, like, that team was probably, like, one of, like, my favorite team I've ever played for because we actually, like, put in so much effort to get into, like, where we was because we didn't have a full team at the beginning of the season. There was right. only seven of us. Yeah. No, and no. Instead of like a nine man, ten, nine man, ten man squad. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, one of the things I've learned over the years is for every team that you've truly that you truly love, there's always something about it that you that made you feel that, you know. And it can vary, but I mean, at the same time, there's always something. So yeah. for that to be what made you love it so much, I think that's very uh, important and and interesting to 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 learn and at the same time i totally get it at the same time because i i've seen teams where it's like yes they're limited in their assets but at the same time that that in some ways helps them because they all then are able to trust each other when they're on the court more yeah because they played together for you know so long so you know i i I definitely get that um um and i guess actually um i'll kind of help our audience get to know you a little bit more personally now Mm-hmm. Um, because what's interesting about you compared to my other guest, um, for those who don't know, 
you are somebody who's not only had a very unique sports life, but also a very unique personal life. You know, your story is in a lot of ways, really amazing and truly shocking, you know, both given the gravity of it all and just how you responded to it. And I guess I'd ask um, if you could, and if you're okay with it and, you know, as much or as little detail as you, as you feel comfortable with, talk about that a little bit, you know, give our audience some context. Yeah, of course. Um, so when I was like a kid, I I was diagnosed with like highly like ADHD, hyperactive disorder. I I don't know the full meaning to it, but right. I was diagnosed with ADHD. Right? Yeah, no, and I'll talk about the specifics of it later and what it did to you. But continue. Yeah. So it was hard because like the moment like I got into like. I don't even want to say, even, I want to say even before I got into school, I automatically had to start taking like pills. I don't even, I didn't oh. probably didn't know what I was taking Oh, that's, at that time. It's That's actually interesting that you mentioned that because the guest I had on last time, Nikki Redderer, and you know him personally, you remember him. Yeah. He, he actually- Congratulations also, to him because he yes. got into college. Yeah, no, he, uh, for, for our guests who um, uh, remember, I- I think I briefly talked about how Nikki was being considered by a lot of schools and he actually ended up picking uh, the university of uh, California, Berkeley. So yeah. shout out to Nikki, you know, that's a, that's a really smart kid right there. But anyway, going back to why I brought him up, uh, he also has ADHD. And like he told me when I had him on a couple of weeks ago, he's, he said he also took medication to deal with it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like he, and, and for him too, it was like, he said it was a game changer. It made all the difference. But obviously, I'll let you explain what that did to you. Yeah. So I want to say at first, it was like a big game changer because I, I can see how it calmed me down because I, I was hyper whenever I go to school. I wasn't hyper because I would take my pill and I would have to take it at school because right. I know I wouldn't take it like on my own before school that young because like who wants to take a pill that young? <laughs> um but it was difficult because I couldn't find a way at first how to take it because I, I found out that I hate taking pills. Right. I do too, man. You're not alone. So yeah. And I have a really like sensitive gag reflex. Right. right. Yeah. So at first I couldn't take the pill and they had to like cut it up or open it yeah. or put it in something for me to take. So it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And then so throughout elementary school and I want to say half of middle school. Right. And pre- even preschool, I was taking pills. Mm-hmm. But once I got into middle school, I didn't think I needed pills because, in my opinion, I feel like I could control myself now not to be hyper and stuff like that. Yeah. But, and also, I didn't want to like, bear the fact because like I used to take pills at school and not being like once I got older even into elementary school for me I guess this is just the person I am it was it was just embarrassing having to take pills at school right like what your like teacher knowing other right. students some new students knowing that like I just didn't want to have to go through that again right. through middle school yeah so yeah, I was it- trying to yeah you were saying well, I, I was just going to say, I was like, well, this is total proof of like, because I also talked about talked about when I was speaking with Nikki 
on the last episode that, you know, everybody has a different solution. So while medication played a huge benefit for him at the same time, that not may not necessarily be the case for somebody like you. And you proved that right there. So, yeah. So but, yeah, go what ahead. You say? Just go ahead. I, I was just going to say, continue. Oh, for sure. So like while I'm in middle school, I just like, I, I'm over here trying to convince my grandmother that I just, I should not be taking this anymore. Like, I don't need to take it. I can control mm-hmm. myself and like, so on. Mm-hmm. And like, cause I really didn't think it like, in, once I got into middle school, it wasn't helping me at all. Cause I thought myself was calm. Right. Um, I haven't had anyone really come out to me saying that I'm being hyper really anymore like that. Mm-hmm. Or like no one really. So I thought I was fine, mm-hmm. but I guess me doing that, it really affected the way like school was for me. Right. So because all the like, it, I guess it was easier taking the pill, but at the same time, like I didn't want to take the pill anymore. So I wanted to get used to it. So I'm not going to lie. School was kind of hard after when I stopped taking the medication. So whoever's just know the medication helps. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's like, it exists for a reason. And like I said, for people like Nikki, you know, it can have a huge benefit. But for others, it's like, while it may help, per se, it may not be the best solution in the end. So it's like, that's something you really got to figure out for yourself. And it's tough. You know, it's, it's like, for me dealing with my autism, while it's like, I have found some ways to cope with it. I still don't know what's the, the overall best technique, you know, right. I, I just don't. So it's like, as a result of that, you know, I'm, I'm still learning about how I can deal with it in more effective ways, but you know, at the same time, yeah. it, it, uh, it helps to know the certain things, um, you know, regarding stuff like medication where it's like, you know, whether it helps you or not. And then just, it allows you to think what the next solution might be. So, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, well, that's, important that's great to know matter of fact actually even though i know you pretty well i didn't actually know that so thank you for sharing that and i'd actually like to um uh continue on and um try to uh, dig a little deeper you know uh, aside from having to take medication but also into what you had to deal with at home because like i said earlier i think um that's um as long as you're comfortable with it that's worth our audience learning to but actually first i have a quote um from pete arbogast who i had on uh like a couple months or so he was one of my first guests here and he actually um and since we both play in the league he he know you very well just like he knew me very well mm-hmm. and so uh, i actually reached out to him and he uh, gave me a uh what he thinks about you and so i have part of it here and uh i'll say quote uh zion grew up under such unusual and difficult circumstances that it amazes me that he has come through unscathed living with his mom, then his uncle and grandma, then his aunt, and being shuffled around more than any kid out to be, he still managed to surround himself with people that helped him realize that it was okay to be a good kid and not turn towards the dark side of life like so many kids with his upbringing might have done. And so building off of that, I'd kind of like to ask you now, you know, what were the challenges of that upbringing? And just give our audience some context on it too. Like what exactly did you have to deal with and you know what were the most difficult parts about it and also um what did you use in the end to help you cope with it more yeah of course so basically um my mom when she was pregnant with me she was she was 
um, consuming drugs. So it was, I, she couldn't necessarily live with me, but my first three months of my life, she did have me, but then she had to give me up to someone. So first, technically, um, technically I was adopted and I could have been hmm. adopted by anyone, but right. um, my grandmother from that married into my family adopted mm-hmm. me. Yep. So luckily that happened. Okay. Yep. And then, so I've lived with my grandmother and then she has a son and a daughter, which is my uncle and my aunt. Right. And so throughout my whole elementary school, yeah, I live with them. So I -hmm. still see my mom on a regular basis. I see her every week and we go on like mini trips since like, I can't like live with her and do some activities with her. Right. Right. So, but Still, eventually, like to the point, if, if once the parent stops doing a substance, well, they can like live with them, right? Right. So hopefully that time would have came, but unfortunately, when I was about in second grade, my mom passed away. So oh, wow. yeah, so that was really tough on me personally, especially yeah, no. having like, I guess, ADHD because. Right. Yeah, I know. I mean, in a certain the, way, it can work the opposite. So right. it makes you like think more. It makes you think deeply into stuff. Right. Right. So it was hard for me to cope after that. So I had to do a lot of therapy. Right. And then me just getting out of therapy and everything's, I guess, getting a little better. Mm-hmm. And I'm still living with my grandmother and them and my grandpa. And then mm-hmm. once I get about the fourth grade, mm-hmm. my grandfather dies, which oh, is, wow. who was a father figure in my life. Right. Before. Yeah, I know. Because it's like, you know, since you were living with your grandmother, he was always there. Yeah. So and that, I don't know, because I, if I just had more time with him, that's. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like it, if you're it, even though your mom is your mom, it's like the fact that yeah. you spent more time with your grand grandfather in the end, that might uh, that might actually hit you harder. Right. And that, that that hit like really hard and it was really hard to get over that. Right. But at the same time, like I still didn't want that to like bring me down because yeah, like, I know. It's I know. Like, yeah. Like, I just know stuff like that can just turn someone so easily and so instantly and i just have like such high goals that i just don't want that to happen even though like i guess necessary stuff keeps happening right yeah yeah no and it's interesting too actually because while i never had to deal with that kind of pain of you know losing family members at such a young age at the same time i've kind of found that there are certain things that as much as um, you know, things like losing, you know, your mother and your grandfather can do to you in that way. At the same time, it's just not worth letting them define you in the end of who you are. Because at the same time, there are all these uh, things that are still very achievable that often get ignored because of the pain of this stuff. And I think it's important that you don't ignore them. And in fact, sometimes focus on them more just so you can remember uh, that you really are the one who controls your own destiny and not the other way around. Right. So it's like, you know, and I've kind of found that as an approach to the way, you know, I handle things. Like, I'll give you an example. 
when I was a freshman in high school, and I think some of my audience at least knows this is I got rejected uh, from being on the high school basketball team and it crushed me. But at the same time, you know, while it hurt, I said to myself, it's like, I can't let this prevent me from doing something that's fun. So obviously while I couldn't play right, basketball, yeah, no, I still found ways to be active. Like I joined a cross country team there. And while it wasn't, you know, the perfect experience, it certainly was that wasn't what I envisioned doing in the end. At the same time, I still made the most of the moment and it ha still, uh, uh, so had positive. Yes. Yeah. It still had, there were still positive things yeah. to take away from that. And so as a result, you know, given where I am now, I still look back on that experience and say, well, it wasn't what I wanted, but at the same time, I'm still happy with what happened from it. Yeah. So it's like, at the same time, I can relate to you in that sense. Um, and I guess I would also quickly um, ask, and I sort of asked you this before, but I'll ask you again, just because I, I think our audience could benefit from knowing this specific answer. You know, throughout all this stuff, were there any specific things or people that made you feel better in all of it? all this, you know, pain and stuff that you were going through? Yes, actually, surprisingly, uh, even though I went to therapy and I would talk about my feelings, right. I still wouldn't, like, I, I guess, since, like, since, like, it's still technically, like, a random person, mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily talk about all my feelings. So mm. I still had my friends, and then my friends played, I guess, the biggest role right of my life because like i would have like my friends to talk about like feelings and like for them to like to relate to stuff because like right. even though necessarily not all my friends have dealt with stuff like that mm -hmm. some of them can still like relate into like maybe similar things or maybe just how they feel and just right. like and they just make me feel better because they just they turn it into like a positive humor mm -hmm. side so i just don't yeah see no side. yeah no i mean there are definitely a lot of things that friends can give you that other people simply can't you know whether it's family or just random people you meet every day so yeah. it's like I, I totally get why having your friends close to you during times like this can be super beneficial because at the same time more oftentimes than not i find they always bring out the best parts of yourself and you know, being around other people too. So it's like, at the same time, I can totally get why that would be such a beneficial thing to have at your disposal. And so I yeah. guess, um, sort of building off this support that you were getting, obviously, in addition to that, we all know, and I'm sure you would agree here, that's in addition to what you mentioned earlier, another thing that really helped you get through this time was playing sports. You know, I certainly find that in times of when I'm dealing with something tough or whatever, I always like to get out and, you know, get my body moving in some way, shape or form. So it's like in sports is usually the way to do that. And so I guess um, I'll ask, I'll then ask you this, which is specifically during that time of your life, when you were dealing with all this, this stuff that was super challenging and super difficult to handle, why do you specifically were something like sports so important to you? Um, sports was important to me because I'm really I guess as a childhood, didn't really have like much to relate or connect with to other kids as like a right. young age, and I didn't really know how to like to talk to anyone like that. Right. And and so I didn't really like when I was young. I I rarely had any friends. Like I didn't have right. a lot of friends when I was like a little kid. 
Right. But then, like as I, like as I'm getting older, playing all like all these sports, it helped me build like communication skills, mm-hmm. which helped me eat. Like it, it's just it also helped me cope because I could also use like the my teammates as my friends and help me cope like with the things I'm dealing with into my practices and see like 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 and work with them like within practices and. I don't know, expressing my feelings into like games right. and practices and stuff really yeah. helped me Yeah. because I didn't have like, I wasn't, I don't know. I feel like my, the best way to express my feelings was something that I know that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it by like writing. I've tried writing stuff that didn't work. Like right. drawing, I've tried other stuff, but sports is really like the only thing that I know that can get out the way I feel. Right. Yeah, no. And it's actually really interesting that you mentioned that. Cause for me, when I was trying to find ways to deal, you know, with um, improving what autism was preventing me from doing well, one of those things was uh, improving my social skills. And in other words, interacting with other people like you were trying to um, get better at doing and like you, I found that sports was one of those best ways to do that, you know? Yeah. Because for all those reasons that you mentioned, you know, it's like it allows me to uh, speak freely and not be afraid. And it allows me to interact with other people right. in a nice, comfortable environment where I can succeed, but also, you know, learn at the same yeah. time. And yeah, you know, just it's like it's a it's a general uh, place where you, you you basically can have control over you can feel like you're in control, but at the same time, you know, you're in a place where it's like you have the ability to get something out of it that can be right. super helpful, you know, in yeah. any way, shape or form. And I think right. that's uh, one of the best things that anybody who plays sports will can recognize, you know, if they if they self-reflect a little bit, they can they can see how it's like, oh, OK, so there while sports are fun at the same time they they actually were really helpful in helping me deal with this or this or whatever yeah. and it's like that um as a result made me a better person or made me be better at this you know and i think that and i, I think that's it's interesting today too during this pandemic when we've had sports taken away from us for so long it allowed us to sort of sort of become exemplified and um further recognize just how important they really are to us. And right. so I think once this is finally over, we can start to maybe not necessarily take on a nuance approach, but have more appreciation for it at the same time. So I think that that's uh, something very, that could be very positive and very um, helpful in um, how we can for, further continue to uh, live our sports lives and play them and get stuff out of them. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think I, I think I'd now actually like to move on and focus more on the stuff you're doing today, actually, so that our audience can kind of get an idea of what makes you so into, uh, such a good person to have here, you know, today because of what you do today, basically, if you can see the irony in that. But, uh, before we do that, I'd actually like to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Do you own a classic Mustang, Corvette, Camaro, or Chevelle from the 1960s or 70s? Does the clock in your dash keep accurate time? Do you want to get a new clock for your car, but you don't want to pay $200, $300, or even $500 for a new clock? Well, then go to impactautopartsstore.com for a brand new quartz clock that looks identical to the original and is powered by a single AA battery. 
all at prices less than half that of a restored clock or a reproduction. Go to the website, impactautopartsstore.com, and keep on cruising. And so now, actually, um, I'd kind of like to um, start off more still kind of focusing on that beginning phase of it all, but also kind of trying to connect it now to what you do today. So what allowed or what what got you first involved in these sports that you do today or did do recently, you know, like football, for example, like I mentioned, you're you're a football player today. Like what got you into that and what appealed to you about them, those things? So, like, obviously, I played basketball before right. I played football, right? Right. And then for the people that know, like like you, for example, like for you and whoever else that has played with me. Right. I played pretty aggressive. Yes. No, you were you were one of the more um, physical players. Like, normally, I when I played, I did not run into kids who – I'm not going to say wanted to beat me up, but it's like they wanted – more than anything to to run on run over me you know yeah so i noticed because like don't get me wrong i love the game of basketball oh yeah but i noticed that like like i just wanted to be honest myself if i really like putting like matching my aggression with a sport it just although i love basketball it just right at the end of the day I started to realize the sport really wasn't for me. Right. You know, cause it's like, you know, there are st- like, if I'll, I'll put it this way, if you were growing up and were, and were playing in the 1990s version of basketball, you could probably still play basketball and be okay. Right. Because right. back then it was super physical, like, right. you know, like you would not believe, but obviously now today it's much different. Like now, actually you're way less physical because you're shooting the ball so much. So it's like, I, 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 I totally get why it it started to, to wear off on you. Yeah. And then I started to like, to also realize, cause like, to be honest, I'm going to be honest. Like I wasn't the best shooter. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you were, you were an okay shooter, but it's like, that was like occasionally I just wasn't consistent. Right. Yeah, but that was not what you prided yourself on anyway. Nor should you have. It's like because right. it's like you were too big to not go unnoticed for your for your ability to post down low. Right, and then I started to realize, like growing up, like oh, super fast, like a lot more people are starting to like de- develop like more skills and like shooting like well. Right, and yeah. like don't and I'm still practicing, but I noticed that like. Like I can practice like shooting as much as I can and like it'll get better, but it won't get better as fast as everyone else. Right. So, and I'm over, I guess I don't, didn't necessarily have the patience to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, and I needed to make, have something that I can match my aggression. In. And right. I was still playing football growing up as a kid. Right. It's just, I was doing that also like, on the side too i right. just didn't play tackle i just played flag yeah and for those who also played flag football with me i kind of did good in that too yeah so i just noticed that one i like running yes too. yes no you yeah it's it's interesting you know it's like you're a very strong and physical guy but you're actually really fast too yeah which i think is what when i was playing against you i think that's what threw me off the most i was like holy moly this guy is is crazy fast it's like how am i supposed to stay keep up with him it's like it's one thing if i'm if i'm just going 
toe for toe on strength. It's like, well, right. obviously that's tough. I can at least handle that alone. Couple that with your speed. It's like, I'm toast. Right. So I noticed that like, although my speed is super good like right. in basketball, I can't use my full extent of speed on a basketball court. Cause I can't. Right. Go my yeah, I know. Cause a basketball court is only so long. It's like, you know, it's At like max, I want to say 50 yards. Yeah, like exactly. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like you, you cannot, the best, you know, the only time r- speed can actually be super helpful is like on a fast break. But it's like the other thing too, is like, since you prided yourself as a big man, it's like, it was much harder to utilize that speed. I'm sure. Right. And then, to be honest, my max speed, I probably hit it at 40 yards. Right. So I'm probably, the by the time I'm at my max speed, I'm at the basket. Right. Whereas to the point is like on a football field, I can use my max speed to the full extent as I can. Right. Which actually, I, I prefer, I, I guess I like track too, because track yeah. is also, I also fell in love with track. Yeah. But I could not do what you do. I tried cross country. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's and that's the other thing too. While I am a good guy, I I am good at keeping a good pace for a long distance. I cannot go that fast, you know, toe for toe. It's right. Like yeah. there's there's two. That's two different things. Right. Like, there's you have to make it under a certain time. Going right. that long. Yeah, I can't do that. Right. So, Cross country was not for me, but even track itself was pretty hard, but I liked it because it helped me get and worked on like all my techniques and helps me get faster. And right. I'm still working on track to this day. Right. It's probably going to be my secondary sport and probably yeah. always will be my secondary sport. Yeah, no, because it's like at the same time, there are a lot of football players that I've known who, you know, in addition to being really good at football, the fact of the matter is because they're really good at football, they're also really fast. And so they see that track is a very good uh, backup and, you know, also just secondary option to go to just because it's like, they're naturally fast anyway. Right. And then I also have to think in mind, like matching my skill set to the people that I'm see like visually in basketball. And like, right. don't get me wrong. I still believe that I could have gotten a scholarship and like still be able to play basketball probably at like the next Absolutely. level in Absolutely. college. But me in football, I can see me going, taking that to a further level and like going to a better college maybe. Right. Yeah, maybe even taking it after college and so right. forth. Like I just because matching my strength with my speed, it just fits right. better in football than right. it would. It's so it's all a, it's all about what what fits you best, you know. Right. Because it's it's like at the same time, there are plenty of people I've known who, while they're really good at something, it's not what they're best at. And at the same right. time, there's only so much you can do. So at the end of the day, you usually right. have to pick not what you're good at because you're good at a lot of things, but you have to pick what you're best at. And, you know, for at least in your case, that was football and probably for the best, for a good reason too. So it's like, right. I, I totally get that, you know, and how it could also lead to a much better, much bigger things, you know? So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, agree and totally understand why. And it sounds like, you know, it's like you're a really good football player as a result. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Um, all right. Um, and it's interesting actually that um, I kind of talk about, we've just talked about you as an athlete because um, there was a second part to the, the quote I got from Pete that I'd like to share with you now that uh, talks about um, what he saw in you when you were playing. And so um, 
I have from him here, quote, Zion has a good head on his shoulders, can think for himself, and knows the difference between right and wrong. He's seen what wrong decisions can do for people's lives. And while he's not always walked a perfectly straight line, he is a leader of others and a mentor for those younger than him. I would be severely disappointed if he didn't turn out to be an outstanding adult and successful at whatever he chooses to do. Add to that his superior athletic abilities that might be able to secure him a college degree for free if he keeps his academic head on straight. And who knows? But no matter what, we'll see him playing some sport for some team somewhere big in the future. And so I guess um, sort of um, building off of uh, what Pete said right there, which I totally agree with, I absolutely think is true. Um, do you find that sports, um, in addition to being useful to your physically, even though you're already physically superior in a lot of ways, it's like, what else did it do for you in, in more specifically in a mental and physical, mental and emotional aspect? You know, it's like, how did it help you in that sort of way? All right. So I know this is not right. I don't want to say this is going to be like for everyone because it's really right. Not. No, I'm not, I'm but, not saying that yeah. um, this is, this should apply to everybody. It shouldn't. Yeah, you know, and that's like, the whole reason you're here. It's like to share a unique aspect. Of course. of course. But like, I feel like some people should start like figuring out like the people that use sports to, like, to help with like emotional stress. I feel like it's easy to see like, you know how in sports you use quick, th- you have to think quick in sports yes. and almost all sports you have to think quick. Absolutely. Maybe, unless you're playing like golf or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's time. it's like more times but, out of not you gotta think right. fast but majority you gotta think fast so that itself is gonna cause your brain to grow and help you like develop like i guess your ment- like mentality is gonna help you develop your brain yep so for me i guess that helped me control like all my thinking about like like my emotions like all those th- thoughts right. i would have like it helps me take my time and it's basically like mindfulness. Like it yeah. helps me like, I, I can think and push it away easier yeah, now no. that cause like just by thinking fast and being able to like to do deep thinking in a short amount of time and sports like football and basketball. Cause like you really don't have that much time to make a decision. Right. Yeah, no, I, de- I, I definitely think that had a, sports had a similar effect in that way for me because it's like you said it's like when you're thinking fast it allows you to get rid of all those other afterthoughts um that are holding you back at the same time it's like in that moment it simply does not matter and at the same time you're also just taken in by all the excitement of it all and all that stuff so it's like i think that for me was what made sports so helpful for me particularly when dealing with my uh emotional and developmental challenges and for you it sounds like that it that was same deal for you basically and so i guess um now actually um staying in kind of this area of you know what you're doing today and how sports have helped you deal with these specific aspects aspects of your life and now like to kind of um close that picture a little more now um and focus specifically on your time when you were with the san monaco ymca basketball league because for me at least i think that's where you know the audience could um get them learn the most about you in it as simple a way as possible because i feel like that was what it was in that league that you did that you revealed your true self most often and also you know just gave the most insight about yourself and so um before um i uh 
I ask you about what it was for you. I'd like you to kind of just quickly, just to, to help our audience out here, give us a little background actually of what what happened when you were there. Ooh, I, I mean, a lot happened at the yeah. YMCA. I mean, if you want, I can help you out a little bit because it's like, you know, I was there a lot myself. Yeah. I mean, so I started the YMCA a year after the whole thing got rebuilt and restarted right. from the first years. Right. So I believe I started, I don't want to say a rookie, but I mm -hmm. should have been in rookies because I was the, the age of rookies, but I think I was in Bantam. Mm -hmm. Just because of probably the size of like I was, I just couldn't be in rookies. Right. So it was interesting at first because my uncle was coaching me, mm -hmm. but then it like that actually, I guess I want to say it helped me build my relationship better with my uncle itself. Mm -hmm. And not only that, it helped me build other types of relationships throughout the people in the YMCA. Mm-hmm. So that also was very beneficial. And it actually, I'm not going to lie, playing at the YMCA helped me increase my confidence because the yeah. majority of the people that played at the YMCA, like people from other schools that you know, right. like you just, you're going to find someone that you know that plays at the YMCA. Right. It's like, it's everyone from the Santa Monica neighborhood. Like, right. Yeah. No, it, it, that, that was definitely one of the things that made me like it most. It's like there were there was at least one person there who I knew. And that was always right. enough for me. Right. And then growing up with that, it, it's literally you're building a family like mm -hmm. whoever. I'm not even going to say like for the people that left, like whoever has been at the YMCA knows what that feels like. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. And then so that was really important to me. And then. We also didn't just play basketball. Like, right. It wasn't always basketball. We did yeah. other things for like people. And then that also impacts my life and showed me like uh, also, I guess, the type of person I can be. Cause like we helped with the homeless. We did right. yep. no. fishing trips. We right. did like cool yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah, there was always like, in addition to all the basketball that was being played, we always had those occasional, you know, fun off the court moments that always stuck with us. Like we always had um, a uh, banquet at the end of each season. That was always a good get together for everybody. Enjoy some pizza. That was really nice too. I remember also um, uh, when during that time when you and me were on the same team for a brief period, we also liked to have um, parties at, at my house here after <laughs> yeah. the season where we'd all just get together and play video games and stuff. And it was the best. Yeah, it yeah. was the best. Was <laughs> oh my gosh. Those yeah. 2K tournaments. Oh man. Yeah. No, it's, no. All right. Yeah. No, but, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and it's just nice. Cause like, I want to say when we're getting older, it's just nice seeing how like the people that you grow up with at the YMCA right. Yeah. And they're getting older, going on to yep. college and seeing like yeah. where like they've taken their skills. Like even though not all of them are going to be basketball players. Right. It's like it's still crazy just seeing them growing up. Oh, but, yeah. Like like for the ones like are becoming basketball is like um, Nikki. Yeah. I Nikki. don't know if he's playing basketball. At... I mean, he he I'll, I'll, I'll say this because I know the answer to this. He is still. And he is still playing basketball now, although he's not betting on playing it later. But, you yeah. know, it's like, that's all good. Because it's like, like I said earlier, he got into Berkeley. He's, he's got a smart head. He'll, he'll get yeah, somewhere in life. Yeah, he's super smart. But, like, 
um, for all the other players, um, Davian, I don't know if she's playing. I'm pretty sure she's probably going to play yeah. basketball. Yeah, and then at there's college, then Rachel there's... and all those other females. I forgot. Who yeah, was no. Tall girl. There was Davian, and then yeah, yeah, no. And for our audience who doesn't name. know. There were two. There was there was a brother and a sister named Davian and Trent Schroeder who were notoriously tall, and you know at least as far as I know they're still playing today and they're good. So it's like, and you were talking about the girls too, and that's the other thing I'd like to point out. There were actually um, a lot of the girls who came for this league, and there weren't that many even too. At least initially, there are a lot more now as far as I know. But initially, even though there were only a few girls that went through it, those girls got really good. And yeah, like, they're still and, playing. And, and and I think it came purely from the fact that they were playing against boys. It's like they got so good at playing against boys when they were playing against girls. There was they were even so much better. So it's like, yeah, no, but it, uh, yeah, but I guess a, a shout out to all those girls, you know, who who played in the league. It's like, yeah. you know, so, and it's and it's funny actually that um you mentioned um you know your earliest memories of it, how you were in there, you know. Um, and you uh, were just like a little kid, but loved playing it with all your friends and stuff. Because I actually have a little, I have a picture here of you right at the very beginning when, you know, you were a tiny little guy. Check this out. You oh, were just, wow. You were just tiny, man. And just like, but at the same time, you were like the cutest ah. thing. You were the cutest thing ever. Man. Yeah, for I, and, it's crazy and, how the jerseys evolved. Oh yeah, it's crazy how the whole YMCA evolved. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and for our audience, I'll I'll just say this now, Zion, you look great now and all that stuff. You <laughs> know, as a grown you. man, but Thank as a little you. kid, you were just the cutest thing ever. <laughs> it's it's like you can't look at you cannot look at that picture and not smile or chuckle. It, it's like. <laughs> especially looking at you now it's like thank you it's it's like oh my god it's crazy to imagine oh my yeah no that's the whole point yeah it's crazy to imagine you were once that little little guy right there right so that that's that's kind of what gets me down about it but it makes me it makes me uh admire you even more ironically so yeah um and i guess um i'll kind of um expand uh that first question I asked you initially and kind of see if I can get a little more info out of you here, which is um, I'll just ask a couple and see if you can put them into one answer sort of. So you, you mentioned uh, a lot, you stayed in it for a while because you know, of why it was so good, but I guess, you know, I would ask, you know, it's like um, what were the specific things about the YMCA that made it so great for somebody like you, you know, and also just like who else was there that made it so good for you? Like, because obviously you're one person, but the YMCA is not just one person. It's all these other people. So what was it about all these other people involved? You know, Pete, you know, me, you know, your uncle, what was so great about all these other people that made it so good for you? And then also, what impact do you think it had on your life in the long term as well? Like, what did you do to you that um, you wouldn't have gotten from somewhere else? Well, do I say for me personally, mm-hmm. it's like that I never like been in like a basketball league like the YMCA, I guess, just because I don't even say it just because like of like, the talent. I just want to say it was like 
the people wise. Right. Because like although like I didn't like basketball wasn't didn't always match my aggression for some reason and for right. some reason only the YMCA only I can always like go full like mm-hmm. power I guess like yeah because of the people because like I would always like I would always see like a different person that's hard to go against like right like you being at the top it's like let's, right you could be one of the best players but then still going against a different player right that like they they don't even have to be like the best basketball player it's just the way they play against you yeah and like how like since like you've grown up with them how do you play against them it's just hard like yeah you up play against you and miguel yeah like it was just the way that we kept playing against each other it was right. hard each time like right. no matter how many times we played at each other. Like we yeah. played each other. It was just difficult each time. Right. And I always have to try my hardest. Like, and I know, like, I know Peter likes the, my aggression that I show. Right. Like, for Miguel, I'd always have to try to go hard because he yeah. he mm, he pushed my blood every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. For back, by the way, for our audience, for for uh, just because I don't think they know who Miguel is, he was yeah. another one of those guys like Trent and Davey and I mentioned who I mentioned earlier that were around for a while and you know gained a reputation basically out of it. Yeah, you know, because they were really good at playing basketball. Right, and also he's another person who I just love because like although he was really really good at playing basketball. That wasn't his best sport. No, no. Yeah, no. For By the way, I'll, I'll add this in too for our audience. Miguel is both Spanish and I wouldn't say as a result of it because that's biased, but at the same time, it, it's true. He's really good at soccer too, which is his right. best sport. And I think he's going to play college um, somewhere for soccer. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know, but I wouldn't be shocked. I'll put it that way. Because yeah. it, I've never seen him play soccer, but apparently he's really good at that too. And obviously he better be if he wasn't pl- if he's not playing basketball right now. Right, because he, he was really, really good, at good at basketball. Surprisingly, because he didn't uh, – This is I, I, I'm pretty sure like he didn't pick up from basketball not too long ago when he started playing. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, so again, it was, again, it was a case where where he was there right when we were there. So it's like we, all of our paths collided at once. And whether right. that was for the greater good, I don't know. But I think it was at least. Yeah. And I just like that because I didn't even know that I was going to like be when I was elementary. I didn't know I was going to go the same. It was cool because I was playing against people from the YMCA and then going to school and we'll like have conversations that no one right. really know what we're talking about. Right. And then we'll be like, and it's just like, oh, well, you weren't there. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. There are, I, there's nothing I love more than having something that only I can have. Right, and it like it was like trash talk, but like a friendly trash. Talk oh yeah, each no. Other at school, and it was just it was just fun, and I I like yeah. that type of like, like I I'll, I'll say this: I yeah. always loved uh, talking with the Joe Archie twins uh, in middle school. Mm. You know, because yeah. it's like because they were always it's like they were always because I always played against them. Normally, they were on your uncle's team, so it's right. like I'd always play against them. But and it's like we'd love to trash talk on the court, but we always love to chill out when we were at school and in class and stuff like that. I think the biggest trash talkers I've ever seen at school personally, and it was just at school, not even at the right. YMCA, 
was probably Drew because he would not stop talking whenever you guys would beat us. Like any whenever anything oh. would happen, he'd he'd stick it in his head, like, oh, you fell, or oh, I scored a point on you. Like, oh. <laughs> like okay, I get it. Like, yeah. But no. I just for me that personally, like it just helped me grow up and like made me to like also made me to like the person who I be because like it just helped me like impact me because like the type of people that are at the YMCA mm-hmm. kind of basically like made my personality I want to say right yeah for me and it's interesting too I I kind of once I finished I kind of took away this big takeaway from all of it which is that playing at the YMCA it always brought out the best in everyone right you know, it's like you said, you know, it's like you had all these uh, kids who either were really good at basketball, either were not really good or something in between, something like that. But at the same time, being at the YMCA, it always brought out the best in them. And right. at the same time, it let everybody do something that they really like to do, whether it was, right. you know, have a little trash talk, have a little aggression, you know, stand right. back, just take in the experience. You know, it allowed everybody to do what was best for them in a nice, you know, good environment where, you know, at the end of the day, we were all just having a blast, you know? And like you said, it, it eventually, it, it, it was so good or that, that itself worked so well that it carried over to the point where outside of there, we were still having fun experiences with all the other guys just because we ran into them a lot. But it's like, at the same time, we, we all still, you know, loved hanging out, you know, because you know, that time at the YMCA, it allowed us to get to know each other more. And as a result, we took that with us when we saw each other, you know, in just casual life. And it made, you know, life itself all the more enjoyable. Right. And so, um, and that's all great and all, but I actually now, I think I want to focus, um, again, kind of close this picture just a little more and specifically talk about you being coached by your uncle, because I think this is actually very important. And obviously for my audience who, um, has seen some of my previous episodes, they probably know that I interviewed your uncle and he was the se- only the second ever guest I had. So, um, and uh, he did spend some time t- uh, talking about you and what, a, what his experience was like coaching somebody like you who has to deal with ADHD and all that stuff. But now I think I'd like to kind of flip the switch and have, uh, and have you give us your takeaway about being coached by somebody like him. Um, but before I do that, actually, I also have a, a quote from him as well um that kind of and obviously again you know if you've seen uh the second episode you know uh you kind of have an idea of what i'm about to say but i'll say it anyway which is that um zion is one of the best things to happen in my life his infectious smile genuine demeanor and respect for people is a rarity in this world he is loved more than he can ever imagine and i'm blessed to have watched him grow into the young man he is now i'm looking forward to the next chapter in his life because I know there's nothing he can't achieve in the future. And so I'd like to sort of build, well, not build off of it, actually, because this is a completely different question, in a sense. But, you know, it's like, I'd like to kind of, um, what's a good word, like, um, talk about um, what he meant to you during this time. And first ask you pretty much a very simple question was, how did you like this idea of being coached by him? And, you know, did you, and I, and I guess at all squads, kind of a, a contrasting question, did you ever want to be coached by somebody else? And, you know, what specifically did this kind of thing have on your life off the court too? 
because obviously I can relate to this too, because I, I was coached by my dad for a lot of the time, but it's like, at the same time, I think they'd benefit from hearing your perspective on something like this too. So. Yeah, of course. So personally, I, I want to say like the beginning when my uncle first started coaching me, like, I, I feel like the reason that he wanted the first, like, I, I, I don't like when he first started coaching me the first time it wasn't on purpose. It was just volunteer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what, I'll do it. And it winded up being a good thing. And I realized that I feel like he felt like that I benefited for it because my first season, we won a championship game. <laughs> so, um, so I feel like he think it benefited for me and it, it, it did. I'm not going to lie at the beginning because mm-hmm. it helped me build that bond that I have with my uncle that I, I want to say that like a, a certain bond that I had with like my grandfather when I was young. Right. And so I, I kind of like, I want to, I don't want to say rebuilt it, but I built another one with my uncle. Mm-hmm in like a different way so it was really big impact on me and I really enjoyed like working and him pushing me to the fullest but like some like I guess effects from having my uncle being my coach is like sometimes I occasionally think that he pushing me way more than he's pushing everyone else I'm like you need to focus on the rest of the team and like just stop focusing on me I know I'm your son um, or everything and like and I, I get that because like I mean I get it that's like another thing about like coaching like a relative like you might have like a special feeling for it. and I get right. it but like you have like other like you got the whole team and just you're just not just focusing on me mm-hmm. and then we were gonna say no 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 just go and then another thing that another effect is that I'd always like although like I feel like Bonko is like has a lot of experience in sports and basketball I was just getting his perspective on things. Like, I couldn't get anyone else's perspective or, like, any other, like, tips because I just have what he thinks instead of using what him and other uh, other coaches think instead of, like, because instead of switching coaches like that. But at the same time, since I wasn't switching coaches like that, I was used to, like, what he was – what we were doing, what we were running each year. And, like, it was very familiar for me. And I guess that's also a huge why, like, maybe I – we had a success in the league because we kept – like, we, we were just familiar with stuff. Yeah, no. I mean, and it's interesting, too, actually, because it's funny. I actually brought this up, not in an episode, but I once did a – I once came up with the phrase that being coached by somebody, you know, personally, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because, you know, it's like, while you do gain all this helpful insight, you know, that you couldn't get if you had a normal coach who wasn't a part of your personal life. Right. And and at the same time, being coached by them over and over again helps because you learn what their habits are, what they normally like to do on the court, you know, and that kind of stuff. And you can please them the most. But at the same time, it's it's like you now have the pressure on you to perform. And it's like at the as a result of that, you've got to make sure you uh, maintain the balance necessary 
in how you react to them as a coach and how you react to them as a person in your life. Right. So, and treat them also. It's, it's like, there's, you gotta be careful around that. So it's like, but I totally um, get what you're saying when you talk about stuff like that, because I had the exact same um, reaction when I was being coached by, by my dad. It's like, you know, I love having this at my disposal and this at my disposal, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's like, you know, yeah, it's something to, it's something to be a little more, not cautious or like shy, but like, just be a little more knowledgeable. It's just like, make sure you're prepared is, right. all, I, is all I would say. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think there's a, there's, there's definitely plenty of benefit. And for both of us, I think having these, you know, my dad and your uncle coach each of us, you know, I think we, we got, we definitely got more out of it than maybe we could have, if we were just being coached by an average Joe, it's like, you know, there was definitely something about being coached by them that only they could give us. And I think that's what made it uh, extra unique and also extra special in some ways too. Yeah. Because it's like in, in a lot of ways, because it's because of them that I look back on the experience so fondly and so often too in, in the way that I do. Um, but I guess, um, uh, before we, uh, uh, shift, uh, subjects here in a sense, I'll, I'll ask you a question that I sort of asked you before, but I'll, I'll try and answer it a little, ask it a little differently and maybe I can get a different answer out of you, which is that, um, how do you feel that all of this experience of being in the league, being coached by your uncle, how did all this stuff that you took in from, you know, this all, like, how did it change you? Like, what did it give you um, that you still hold true today? Like when you're playing football, for example, or whatever, what did you do that you think um, was especially important in your life, both recently and just now too, and in the future too, maybe? Um, I learned, the like, I learned the value of team. Like, I learned the value of being in a team from right. Like, no matter wins or losses, I just learned the, I, I guess I've learned the value of the importance of like, of working together is never, if you play a team sport, like you really never want to think like it's just you. You never want to think you're like the best player necessarily. Right. Like you just don't want to have that type of like mentality because you can win, you can lose games and you might be able to win games like that, but like that could just right. be you. But I doubt it that it will work every time that you mm-hmm. think like that. And then for like for me, because I noticed and I took that to heart. Like I remember when I first got into like the football, and like, that's the thing, also too about like not get, like being coached by someone else differently. Right. You have to realize that not every coach and not every team player might necessarily have like a good liking to you. Mm-hmm. So one, I, I learned that, especially once I got into like high school, because right. after my freshman year, once I moved up to varsity, right, a lot of like those players started, like, not a lot, but like a good amount of those players started getting like selfish and like I would ask for help when I wouldn't get help 
where like they would have shown me how to do a lot of stuff and I just have to teach myself how to do it. And like, I guess like that's just, I, I don't want to say that's life, but it really is life. Right. But I just wish like they would go to the YMCA to like learn that. But right. it just yeah. me learning that it just makes me see like, let me just for, let them do whatever they want to do and let me find like who actually right. wants to be a team and who wants to work and help build each other instead of just right. working solo or something. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's interesting too, because I think that outlines probably the biggest con in, in team sports, which is that while it can bring you up at the same time, it can bring you down too. Right. Even if it's not your fault per se. So it's like, that's the thing you got to be careful about. And, and it's interesting that you talk about something like that too, because I, I found, um, because, you know, people talk about all the time, how life isn't fair and it's not, but at the same time, there are definitely certain things that are just, they're not, they're not fair, but they're, but specifically they shouldn't be that unfair. Right. Like in other words, life is not fair, but life should not be that unfair is is the kind of way I choose, I choose to look at it. So it's like, at the same time, while there are certain things that you're just going to have to roll with, where you're just going to have to roll with the punches and just keep going, there are other things where it's like, I think, I think uh, you definitely need to ask yourself the question. It's like, is this the best thing for me? You know, it's like, what, what is it that um, uh, is preventing me from getting the experience I, sh- I deserve, basically? Right. you know, and, and trying to figure out a solution to that. But, um, you know, at the same time, I think specifically com- in a place like the Y, like you mentioned, you know, how, if you just went there, you could learn so much. I think, you know, again, for both of us, that was tr- critically important. And I'd, I actually have two pictures I want to show you as kind of a reflection of, of that, um, of the benefit specifically of that experience. And also go back on your comment about teamwork and stuff like that, because I have here actually a picture of one of the few instances where we happen to be on the same team. Although what's unique about the rest of this team that I found is that that was probably the best team that uh, like that team consisted of probably the best players to ever play in the league. And so as a result, I think looking back on that experience, you know, I think for me, and, and I'm sure you would agree here because, you know, we both shared that experience. It was like, it was so interesting to be in a place where everybody was so good. And normally that wouldn't work, but in a place like the Y, it still worked because we all respected each other. We right. all loved being together finally, you know, cause, especially you and me because we had always played against each other. Right. And it's like we were all so happy to be on a team where we were all good at something and we knew it, you know? So it's like, I, I think... Um, that was uh that experience right there from that team you know compromised of all those great players including you and me it's like that that i think was one of the the best parts about and i guess i'd actually quickly ask one uh runoff question sort of um which was on that specific team because it was truly unique like until then i don't think that had ever been attempted before on the y so it's like it was definitely a leap of faith but i think but I think quickly asked just to get your opinion on it. What did you think of that experience specifically compared to what you were used to in the Y? So, yeah. Man. <laughs> that was fun. Yes. It was it was probably like I don't want to say that 
the most it was just a different experience because like we never had like all the best players from like all the teams on one team to play in a travel league before and like right. i've never experienced that like i've always even even if it was on an all-star team there would still be like a little sh- like shifted uh, maybe skill level a little bit yeah. still but like right, right, that right. team yeah felt like we it was could gold win any game like yeah. that team was literally perfectly yeah. sound and everything yeah no it's like we it, it's a, it, it was a case where we just all clicked it was like that and, team made me know. wanted to like that team made me want Peter to make another league that makes like an older. I know, league. Like, I know. You know how Penmar does it. Like I wish we can do it like that. Right. It's just, yeah, mm. yeah. No, that uh, I will say. You know, as much as I love that team, I hated how it lasted for not that long. Right. You it know, it only lasted long. for once. It only lasted for one summer. But let me say this: that was probably one of the best summers of my life. That team was just like the. Because you totally nailed it. It was just com- compared to everything else we got out of the white, that team was just fun. It like it didn't matter, you know, whether we were struggling or doing really well, we were always having fun. Right. You know, and you yeah. talk about how it's like, you know, when you're doing hard work and stuff, it's meant to not be fun. But doing that kind of hard work as a team together, you know, going after something as a collective, that was the best thing ever. For real. Yeah, and it was. I just, wish, I wish, I just really wish it lasted. I know, like, like I hated seeing I, it. And yeah, that almost feels like a missed opportunity right there. Like, it, right. I'll put it this way: if there's any criticism to give to Pete for what he did, it was not to put that uh, in place earlier. For real, and not or to try try to like do something with it. Team. Yeah. yeah, like I also thought of like, why don't you just have like an all-star travel team that you could just have like that. But right. instead of just during the summer, it could be like throughout the whole year. Right. That's exactly what Penmar does. Yeah. Like, because there's a, a specific travel team that travels throughout the whole year. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like I definitely, so, um, I I don't I don't know how far that that team I just showed you could have gone, but it could have gone it, somewhere. It could. You know, gone. because it because again, if we had just been given the time to practice, you right. know, and just the chance, I feel like we could have done something. Yeah. You know, cause, cause we were all great players. It was like, that was the best part about it. There was not one person on the team who wasn't, wasn't good at bad. something. Right. Yeah. It's just like, and, and at the same time, we all knew we were good at something. And so and we, we all wanted, how, oh, we played and stuff. right. And we, and we all wanted each other to, to be good. And so I think that was probably the best part about it all. It's like, we, it, it was a case where like the build, the buildup really was also the fact that we had been playing against each other and with each other on all these different teams for so many years. When you put us all together after all that time, you don't need a buildup. Or right. it's, it's like you don't need extra time. It's like you know each other. And it's like, well, you've never played with each other before. It's just like you, at the same time, you don't need that. You know, you just, you just need to be given the chance and you will take care of the rest. And, and it's like you'll get the benefits of it too. Right. So I, I think I think that was uh, something definitely worth looking back on um, and t- holding in a particularly good light. Because the other thing, too, was like you talk about all the great memories you had as a little, little kid. That was probably the best time I had as like as, at the top of the and the end of my career there. It was like, you know, because it's like eventually it got to a point where it's like I was kind of tired of winning championships, just playing this 
the, yeah. you know, different teams and all that stuff. But when we all finally got together for once, that was special. It really was. I yeah. just wish it lasted. I know. It, it really is a missed opportunity. Yeah. Although I will say this, at the same time, at least for you and me, our careers ended off on a high note. And I actually have a picture here that kind of shows um, kind of a nice reflection of that in a sense. So this is just a picture of you, me, and ironically, the other two people we've talked about a lot on this, which is my dad and your yeah. uncle, who, you know, it's like, in addition to each other, we're probably the biggest um, imprints on our time there. It's like, they, probably. because they coached us. It was right. like, you know, like, never, I don't think there's been like that, something like that in the league where like two coaches or both yeah. sons play in the league that they consistently see each other in the championships yeah. like that. No. No, I, I, I think, I think for me, that moment right there was like a culmination of all, all the uniqueness and all what made it so special too. You know, it's like, because again, it's like you and me, it's like, we were never like close or anything like that. But at the same time, we always knew each other. We always knew what the other was doing. We always knew what the other wanted in the moment. And it was like, we were just, uh, and at the end of the day, we all got, we got a chance both in the summer league and in this to just you know celebrate it a little bit so i think that i think i really like that picture honestly uh, to me i really like, do too i you know because it's like because it's like to me it was like it was every it was all it was as concise and as clear despite how big everything else was it was put together in the smallest way possible and that right. made it all the best part that made right. it the best it was like that was that was specifically what made it so good so right yeah no well, I think now actually, um, you know, I'd like to now shift everything we talked about, which is a lot, but it's all been awesome. And I've yeah, loved course. every second of it so far. Now, I think actually I'd like to talk specifically about you and your ADHD, because we've already talked about that a little, but I think now I'd kind of like to kind of connect it with the sports and also just get more invested in what it, what it's meant to you to be dealing with something like that. But before we do, I'd like to give another shout out to one of our sponsors. Are you looking to boost your SAT score by at least 360 points? Whether your goal is the SAT, ACT, AP classes, or general test preparation, turn to Sam's Tutoring Company. Sam is a Caltech-educated tutor with over 17 years of experience teaching over 700 students of all ages. Whether you want to learn in person or remotely, Sam is ready to help you accomplish your academic goals. Call Sam's Tutoring Company. If you mention the promo code Sports Spectrum, you'll receive 25% off the price of your first session. So with that, I think now I'd like to start by asking the first question I ask every one of my guests when I'm shifting into talking about what, you know, the spectrum aspect of, or what makes them related to the spectrum aspect in some way, whether they deal with a development or emotional issue or challenge or something like that, or whether they have experience with people who deal with those things. And I always start by asking them this first, and frankly, very simple, yet very complex question, which is when you hear the term mental health, what's the first thing that comes into your head? And also just what it means to you in general. The first thing that comes to my head is just people that I guess necessarily, I don't, cause I don't like to see like people differently, like that, that you should think of like that type of person differently. That's right. not how like, I like to see it. I want to say it's like someone with, like that has like I want to say a disability. Just mm -hmm. 
they just, I guess, need, like, extra help, like, an extra partner or someone just, like, help them out with a few things. Like, they're really not different. If you really think they're actually just smart, you're just smart in their own way. They can, I bet you they can do things that you can't do. Like, I've seen, like, I can't tell you how many, like, kids I've met with, like, disabilities that, like, that can draw, even play sports, that I I can do stuff that I for sure cannot do. And it's amazing. It's just I don't like how the way like right. they get judged, and like how the people just judge them just by the way they look or how the way like they like just the way they are just because they have a disability. That was like a big factor, like on right. growing up because yeah, like no. you have to like face that factor, like just still to this day we have to face that factor, like about people judging us about like since we have like a disability because like not everyone's gonna think of us as like a normal person right yeah Yeah, no totally you know it's like i've gotten a listen i've asked this question like i said for every guest that i've had on you know to start kick off the segment where i talk about being on the spectrum or uh, knowing people who are on the spectrum and i think that's interesting that you put it that way because you know you're right it's it's like you know i feel like um and this is me personally, based on what I've heard from other people that I've had on the show, it's like, you know, dealing with mental health, it's not a negative thing and it shouldn't be that way. And that at the same time, and it should also be looked at in a sense, whereas yes, they're different, but that's not a bad thing. Right. And at the same time, it's worth trying to learn specifically about them like, don't just assume, like, because they right. they deal with mental health issues, they're a bad person, they do this, they do that. Don't assume that. Go go find out what they do, and then maybe be the judge for yourself. Like, you can, if you've done all your research, you know who they are, if they're just a generally bad person, you don't have to like them. But at the same time, I would ask that if you know somebody who deals with mental health issues, just go find out who they really are. Right. And more often times than not, I feel you'll find they're really good people who may actually, like you said, actually be really good at something. Right. Like, you know, dealing with mental health does not mean that you're 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 not good at anything. You know, it's like maybe you're not as good as some at anything as other people are normally. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't do things. It just right. means maybe um, you have to look at it. Um, a deal different with them a little perspective. Different. Yeah, exactly. You know. You know, it's, it's not worth um, putting them down for something as simple as that. That's, that's kind of the big thing here. And so um, I guess I'll kind of build off of that. Um, talking about that idea of having, just having perspective is, is, can do a lot. And I'll, I'll start off by asking you this, because like I said earlier, you deal with ADHD and stuff, and that's obviously um, um, a challenge. And I'll also actually give a brief spacer for our audience. And I've given this before, but I'll say it again, just because I think it really can give our audience some early perspective before I ask you about your specific perspective. But ADHD is one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders of childhood. It's usually first diagnosed in childhood and often lasts into adulthood. Children with ADHD may have trouble in paying attention, controlling impulsive behaviors, may act without thinking about what the result will be, or may be overly active. And so, I think that gives a general idea of what ADHD is. And I've had other guests who have either deal with it or know a lot of people who deal with themselves. Like for example, Nikki, I had last week, he deals with, he deals with um, 
ADHD and he has, and there are certain things that he does as a result of it that, you know, are unusual or just per se unique. But at the same time, I, I all because every person is different, we all know that. And like I said, they have different ways of dealing with these challenges and stuff. What specifically have been the things you've seen come out of having ADHD? Like, what does it make you feel? Like, what? I, I guess just tell us about your life living with ADHD. Is all I'm saying here. Um, I guess want to say like growing up, I, I stopped. I want to say I stopped being like hyperactive, kind of like a younger age. And like for me, ADHD just became more of just like I want to just hyperactively thinking. Like I noticed, and my grandma noticed, and like the people that like um, that took care of me have noticed that like I tend to think too much out of like when I was young, and mm-hmm. I guess you still like when I was still growing up, I still tended to think too much because like although. It, it was hard to make a decision. I just had different, all the other choices like that I had in my head, right? So I guess thinking too much made me change my emotions of the way I feel. And so I I didn't necessarily see it at first and I didn't know how it affected me or, or affected everyone around me. Right. And so it was kind of like difficult to deal with because like I guess it's it's, like you can't really just stop thinking Mm. like it doesn't like work like that right like that's why why sports was like a really big impact on part of me and then I found other hobbies that was also a big impact like I learned that I really enjoy cooking oh yeah and I found out that I can start like I just found out that I should just start trying maybe new things. Like right. even though sports will always be in my life, there's always some things right. that like you can still add on to your life. But like, yeah. even, like even though sports is a big part, you shouldn't just have just sports in your life. In my mm-hmm. opinion, like yeah, I no. feel like you should no. try to have like more things and accompany more stuff into your life. Yeah. Right. So yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So I just started to find out like and find out a lot of things that I like. And I find out like I really into animals and stuff. So like maybe right. I want to like do something with animals instead of just being someone that's like in athletics and stuff, or maybe cooking right. stuff. So it just like really helped me cope and like it really helped me just think not mm-hmm. like that. It just help me think more about futuristic stuff right like think about if i think about if i think too much like this was that gonna put me like in the future mm-hmm. like i don't want to be in a i don't want to put myself in a situation where i know i can't get out of right? right so i just try to push myself to think the most positive way as possible right because i know if i think positive at the end of the day I'm going to like the results I end with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. And, 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 it, and it's interesting you mentioned that part about um, finding other stuff because I, you know, for me personally, I found there are things that um, uh, I really like that in a lot of ways directly correlate um, with me having autism. Like, for example, I love um, watch um, learning about um, the economics of things, like learning, uh, taking in, 
information about, you know, usually random stuff that can be about politics and be about the economy, infrastructure, anything. I love taking in information about something and kind of just processing it, thinking, you know, about the, the small things and thinking about the big picture as well. And I think that kind of comes from dealing with autism because it, 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 because one of the things uh, about autism that I don't think a lot of people know is you're very organized in your, in how you approach things, but you're also very detailed. So it's like you, you like to learn as much as you can, but at the same time, you like to put it all together in, uh, in a way that makes it clear. And so, and I think, you know, taking in all this stuff, it allows me to do that. And, you know, again, that's kind of what I, I enjoy most about something like that. Yeah. So I, I, I totally get what you're saying about that. And also, also about um, how thinking for the future as well, like that's something that, um, you know, I found to be a common trend with people who have ADHD as well. Um, like, you know, it, like for Nikki, for example, it's like he, he's found how, I mean, he's obviously found a way to use ADHD to get a good college education. So it's like, yeah. you know, so it's like, there are all these different things about uh, dealing with ADHD that can be super beneficial and also just provide more insight into who you are and, you know, what, what you like and all that stuff. So it's like, I think that's very, um, very important and also interesting to know. And um, I'll, I'll kind of add on to that a little bit. You did talk about this in your answer, but I kind of guess I'll ask this as a way to sort of get a little bit more detail out of it, which is how often does this come up for you? And um, are there any specific um, times where it can be more evident, you know, that you're, that you're dealing with ADHD or more times where you feel you're dealing with it more? And also maybe, and I'll, I'll ask this sort of as a kind of a buffer, how, how open are you about this? Like, is it something you break up in a casual conversation? You know, what, what about ADHD um, impacts um, how you think about things um, in terms of like uh, your casual life? You know, what is it that m the average person who meets you uh, would see come out of you because of AD, of having ADHD? Um, so when I was young, I used to think like having ADHD was like a curse or something or like the worst thing ever because I didn't want people to judge me differently. I didn't want people to view me differently. And I'm like, I just didn't want, I just didn't want to be left out of stuff. I just wanted to be treated normal. And I'm not going to lie, growing up like that young, I, I don't want to say I wasn't treated normal. I feel like because mm -hmm. like people knew I had ADHD. I just feel like people tried to treat me. Well, not kids because kids didn't really know what that was back then. But right. like like adult wise, I guess like teachers mm -hmm. and stuff, they tried to treat me like as normal as possible. And I, I, I get and I, I appreciate them trying to treat me like that. And I really do. It's just I just want them to treat me normal. Don't try, just treat me normal. And it was different because I had to do like, I don't know about you in elementary school, but I had to do like like different extra classes than like other kids, like speech class. And like I had to get pulled out of class to do like other class and maybe some other different right. like, assignments and stuff. And like, it'll be like 
easy right. assignment. So like, and you ask why are you taking like such like an easy assignment? And they'll be like, oh, we're just testing you or something. And like, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. I hated that. Mm-hmm. But then I started like, mm. I, I still don't like it. But like, yep. I started to like, I still want, I started to realize like why they're doing it. So like, I, I guess I started to appreciate right. it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't want to say like I got used to it because I really didn't, but I, right. but I just started to deal with it. I guess. So I'm just dealing with that mostly. But then I don't know what happened, but it was like just this one therapist I had. And it was like, she really impacted my life. And it was just Uh really big because like it started like for me to like realize it was just me not to think about other people judging me, just not to to necessarily care. Because like I'm still a person, like I don't look like I don't look different than a regular human being or anything. Like I'm still the same person. Like I've always been, and I can still do stuff that other people do. So like I really shouldn't right. be treated differently. So that's how I felt, and so that's how like my mentality was, and that's how I wanted to shift it to that type of mentality. Yeah, which I do now. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, for me, it was interesting because, well, well, I, um, I had that similar experience and also somebody like Nikki did as well, um, where he would get pulled out, um, and have to do certain things, uh, like separate, you know, and I, I, I didn't necessarily have to do that, but there were moments where I had to get pulled out. Well, I didn't get to, but was pulled out to do certain things, like certain activities that were meant to help me cope with my autism more. Because obviously yeah. there are certain aspects of regular school life that are made more difficult by having ADHD or having autism that, and that these classes are meant to help you deal with. And while, you know, me, while guys like me and Nikki didn't necessarily like, put it this way, me and Nikki were never necessarily upset by that. Like we were where you are now from a much earlier stage. Like we simply didn't care. It's like to us, it was like, okay, you know, whatever. It's like, because it's like, we didn't, we didn't feel self-conscious and I'm not, offend, I'm not trying to criticize you in any way because oh, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from. But at the same time, you know, I can definitely see where it, ha- it needing it to take a while to start to appreciate it more could be a challenge and like how that could maybe uh, have made it a little more harder to necessarily maybe even deal with your ADHD too, because it's like, it, you were you'd probably were like if this is the reason i'm doing this why you know it's like it's not my fault why should i have to do this so right it, it's like i th- i think um the fact that you were able to come over come become more used to it and also just um accept it more over the course of time and just learn more about yourself at the same time i think that's that honestly that kind of especially you know f- to have that come from somebody like that therapist you know i think that that speaks a lot of volumes too. It's like how dealing with ADHD had such a big impact on your life. Yeah. Yeah, no. So um, I guess now I'll start to try and um, 
bring the sports and the spectrum that we've been talking about for a while now together. And I'll start by asking you this, which is um, how did sports specifically help you better understand or address your challenges with dealing with ADHD? Like, what did it do? What did it do for you that other things couldn't have when dealing with your ADHD? It just, for me, it just helped me, I guess, better understand like what it like actually is like mm-hmm. for sports sports was like something where I didn't have to like I guess control myself not to be like not hyper work I can still be hyper I'll still have to control right. myself of course like but I just don't like I can still like kind of, I can kind of like let loose a little bit and where I can act like mm-hmm. I guess more freely and like that was that's really helpful right. for me Cause like still to this day, I cannot sit still for a long period of time. And yeah. for sports, it's just, it just clicks. Yeah. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people that have ADHD play sports. Cause like, yeah, no, I just and I wouldn't know be they shocked need, if, yeah. if you were right. I just know that cause like, I just know that we need something to do. So like, I can't just not just sit down and just, do nothing i'm just not that type of person i guess yeah so for having adhd with sports it just by clicking that and i just used it to my advantage and used like turned Mm -hmm. it into like i guess me moving around so much into like skills and like and stuff like that And, and now i use it to not Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. You know, again, it's one of those things where it's like this, it becomes a part of who you are. And, uh, and because of that, you got to find ways to make that part of who you are work and sports for somebody like you who has ADHD happen to be a really good thing because it allows you to move around a lot. And, you know, it's like, it just, it, it, it makes it so much easier to get what you want out of yourself and not feel self-conscious. It's like, obviously in a place like school, that's a lot harder, but in a, in a place like when playing sports, it's, it, it's so easy to get your, to, to be in a comfortable position where your ADHD, I'm not going to say is a non-factor, but it's like, it, it minimizes itself because you're doing what cope, best copes with it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at the same time, you're still getting stuff out of it that you really do want, like any other person, you know, so it's like, I think that I think that's what makes sports for somebody like you so helpful. And I I've certainly can draw comparisons to it myself, of what it did for me, because, you know, like you, I also don't like to sit around. So it's like sports allow right. me to get my body moving, get me active and stuff like that. And, you know, again, just allow me to uh, obtain things that simply places like a classroom can't do so or it's just like any other place so i totally get that um i guess um sort of building off of that but kind of trying to see what having adhd can do to help you uh with other people who deal with these challenges um i I guess I'll ask, have you ever come across other people in the sports world, whether it's teammates, you know, just athletes in general or coaches or anybody, you know, where you believed for any reason that they might be 
different or might have be dealing with something at home, dealing with the challenge related to mental or developmental health, you know? And um, what, what stood out to you about those kinds of people? What did you notice that made you think as somebody who, as somebody yourself who deals with the, these kinds of things? It's like, what did you see in them that stood out to you and made you think for a moment? You know, and you could use me as an example because you know I was somebody who was was around you a lot in the sports world and had to deal with autism. So it's like, what did that? What did that? What impression did that leave for you? Yeah, like for you example. Yeah. Like I noticed that you dead eyes. Um, I didn't mean to curse. I'm sorry. Um, but you really didn't uh, seem to care what people think or how people thought you played. And right. That's actually very important because, in my opinion, the first thing, like, when it comes to sports, like, if you see it, I, you, in my opinion, you should see sports like like a play or like a movie. Like, you're on a stage. There's right. people watching you. Yep. Like, you don't want to be thought of, like, about getting judged because mm-hmm. it's life. People will judge you. Right. Like you're not just not going to get judged. And it sucks to say that, but it is true. Yeah. So it's just the fact that you just never gave a single thought about how other people think. Right. And, and that was just, in my opinion, mind blowing because I would, I'd, I'm over here like stressing out when I first, like, I didn't. I didn't like playing again in front of a lot of people right. when I first played sports because, like, it was just stressful. Right. Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, if I if I feel like if I messed up, like, I feel like I'm messing up in front of way more people that's actually there right. for some reason. Right. But you're over here just playing, and I and it's just really like, it's just like. I, I'm trying to think of the word. Yeah, I know. Put it. I guess that. No, I know the word. Yeah, no. It, I, I, I just totally can't get, think of I it. I totally get that mo- that moment where it's like you can't think of something that's on the tip of your brain at the same time. So, but yeah, no. I, I guess I'll just uh, um, respond to that and say, yeah, no. I I totally get where you're coming from there. Because you're right, you know, it's like when I was playing, I did not care per se what other people thought of me. In some ways, actually, I kind of liked the idea of having people watch me because to me, it it added to the moment. It made it so that way I could be more engaged, honestly, because it's like I am attracted to what other people, what other people do collectively, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of my deal. So it's like to be a part of something like that to me made the experience all the better. And I know for you, obviously, that feeling was different and for good reason. But at the same time, you know, I get, I get what you're saying where you notice that in people like me, where it's like, we may really be self-conscious or maybe not so much. And it's like, it's, we may think this or think that for whatever reason. And while maybe obviously it could be for nothing at the same time, it's still noticeable and could be for, because they have, something like autism or ADHD and just as for somebody like you who deals with that himself to notice that it's like, I think that's, that's, uh, that's very helpful to know 
it's like because you have unlike a lot of other people you have uh you have a special uh way of looking at things simply because you also have adhd as as naturally yeah and it was just it's also helpful because like in my opinion like it was it's helpful like to build off of like like let's say like having someone like playing against like you in the league that was helpful right. because i was able to like to build off of you and like use that into like my own experience right. and like to like yeah like, necessarily make me a better player and like i've noticed like that and and like it wasn't i'm trying to think because there was, it wasn't just us that had like disabilities right like nikki had them too you know yeah and like it's like the way they played like look at if you see like the way nikki plays like he plays he plays like you in some ways yeah like in some ways but i want to say more smart right i want i he's played like me but like in a different way he he plays his own way at the same time right yeah no i, I mean everybody's got the unique way of playing yeah but i think that was actually very important how you mentioned that you know seeing other people like me that you interact with who deal with this stuff you know it's like not only does that um not only is that interesting in and of itself but it also is very useful some for somebody like you because it yeah. helps you prepare for you know how to interact with them uh, how, how to learn what they're going through and stuff even if some of these things you already have experienced yourself it's like at the same yeah. time it can also help you relate to them. It can also help you understand them. Like, I think that's kind of the biggest part of it all. And maybe again, why the why was such a great place to have it happen because it's like, there were so many different people who all got each other in a sense, and we're always willing to learn about each other. So, and I guess I'll ask a quick follow up in relation to that part you mentioned about, you know, learning about them, which is in your, in, in specifically in your interactions with these kinds of people like me, it's like, what necessarily maybe did you do differently than you would then compared to the average person? Like when you interacted with them, I played harder. (laughs) Uh, That was was the only thing. That's the only thing I could do. Cause like, in my opinion, that's how like they gave me that type of intensity every time. Like I would like, like they would always give me like that type of intensity playing innocent. So I'll just match my intensity. Like it hasn't been, it's, for me, it hasn't been the other way around yet. Right. And thankfully, so I'm glad it hasn't. No, no. I mean, and I sort of get that at the same time. If you know somebody is going through something like that, yet they're still giving it their all. It's like you want to make sure they're getting the the response back, you know? Right. And, and it's like you want to prove to them at the same time that it's like, hey, I deal with this stuff too. Let me show you right. what I can do. It's, right. it's like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not going to say we want to kill each other, but it's like we we at least want to show, we at least want to prove to each other that we are, in fact, the people we want to be already, yeah. you know, whether we know that we deal with this stuff or not. Because that's the other thing, too. It's like, I didn't really know that you dealt with this stuff, but I still played you re- extra hard just because I knew you were going to do the same thing back to me. Right. So as a, as a result of that, I, I, I built up the respect for you over time and, you know, to learn about this stuff about you, you know, dealing with ADHD and all the other stuff regarding your life. It's like, it all shows to me just how much this kind of stuff can mean to somebody, you know, 
dealing with this stuff and then going into a place where they see, meet other people who deal with it and then just uh, learning about them and also just m making adjustments how they play or interact with them and all and just you know building up more knowledge and building up more experience in a way that can shape the rest of your life for the better right so yeah no i i again we we just keep coming back to the same things and also different things but they all interconnect with each other and what they provide us to learn you know yeah. and i and i and i think that's the that's the most critical aspect and so um with that i think i'll ask the the question that i think um both sums up everything that we talked about and also just kind of both connects everything and also provides the biggest insight of it all you know it's like i because i always end every interview with this question and mm. and because because of what it can do and what what it can provoke and so i think i'll um and so i think like this will for somebody like you with everything we talked about so far this will ring true too so obviously you know a lot of progress has been made on dealing with these issues like if again if, if you you or me had been growing up like 30 years ago uh today it's like it'd probably be a lot harder to deal with this stuff you know yeah or, or uh you know cope with it or learn about it and stuff just because a lot of people didn't know and, right and it's like that's why we're so lucky to live today right. um and at the same time at, at the same time of in the past it being a lot harder to learn know about how to deal with the stuff there were also a lot of more people who didn't like it like just because they they didn't they they considered it different you know it's like we right. talked about earlier how dealing with mental health should not mean that you are are misjudged you know right. or thought to be bad it's like that's not what mental health um means um you know so but at the same time those kinds of people simply ignore that stuff and they existed in much more prevalent numbers in the past yeah. and obviously now in the present at the same time of research and knowledge of this stuff and dealing with it all has become better at the same time there are less and less people of that kind but at the same time they still exist and yeah. i think for anybody here listening who wants to try and find a way to kind of not eliminate that stigma because it's always going to exist but at the same time just bring it down a little more what is the one thing or maybe two things or a couple things whatever that you want people to know most about specifically what you, specifically from what you've had to deal with regarding ADHD and interacting with other people who deal with this kind of stuff themselves what do you want them to know most that they can appreciate or better understand about this stuff more so that maybe they don't feel the effects of that stigma just because they're informed of what you've learned during your experience with it so basically i feel like the easiest way to like to cope and like i want to say like to learn and benefit from like, like my experience is like you just don't want to think like you have to know that people are going to just judge you and like right it's just that's the like who what people are just that's just life like right. right now and it sucks to say but people are and yeah you just have to learn how to cope with it and just mind let just let them mind their business like basically just listening to them is you doing what they want you to do right it's, and also just find something that you and you yourself like to do because like that's also another thing i learned growing up that i didn't like i always wanted to do what other people wanted to do like right. if i had friends because like, i just didn't want it to be like 
I just didn't. I I wanted to be what I just wanted to do what they wanted to do because I thought that was cool. But right. it's like it it could be if that's like what also you want to do. Right. But you really should find something that you want right. to do, and you should stick with it because yeah, you could be good at it, and right. you also want to find multiple hobbies like to make you like I want to say busy. I guess. But just like make you just not overthink stuff and try not to think negative. Never think negative. Always try to think positive and think about what good you can do and why you're on this earth in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's so funny. Well, uh, I'll tell you the funny part. But first of all, I'll say I totally agree with you. You know, thinking independently for yourself about this stuff—that's probably the best thing you can do. Right. Um, especially if you want to learn more about this stuff, because right. at the end of the day, you know, like I was talking about earlier with you, you're the only person who controls your own destiny. And so as a result, right. if you want to, you know, know, uh, know more about this stuff, just think for yourself. Don't think, don't think about what other people want you to think, just think for yourself, you know, go look at these people, learn more about the issue at hand, you know? Try and do what you can as yourself, as your own individual person to learn more and just, you know, uh, learn maybe to cope with it if you have it, or maybe just learn how to help others who cope with it. It, It's like, there's so much you can do if you just think, uh, ignore what everybody else is saying and think for yourself for once. You you know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you just there's so much you can do, you know, and obviously having other people around helps, but there's so much you can do if you just don't it. Oh gosh. What's a good way to say this so much you can do if you don't allow society or just stereotypes, anything like that to keep you from doing what the best thing you can do is. And, and for me actually too, it's interesting and I feel like this is one of the best things about having autism because I, I find this a natural aspect of it. I love thinking independently for myself. I love it. Like I, and, 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 you, talk, and you talked about it earlier. How was, how I wasn't self-conscious for myself. Not only am I not self-conscious, I love thinking for myself. It, it's just like, and I love to think independently. You know, I love to daydream. I love to do, I love to do things that only I can do. Right. I, it's like, I don't like to let other people tell me what I can and cannot do right. because at the end of the day, if I'm not happy, why am I doing it? You know? Right. And and that's why I let myself be the, the only individual who determines um, what um, uh, makes me click and what I choose to do. And I think that's probably the best part about having autism honestly is it's just like yeah. you learn you learn very easily to think for yourself and not let others think for you and i think very that's good. the best thing and 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 i'll and i'll quickly bring up before uh i let you talk a little more uh one of the things that made me chuckle earlier in your response about being independent uh let me quickly ask because i know not all of our viewers have but i'm not sure you have either you've seen rudolph the red-nosed reindeer right yeah do you know the part where they are talking where uh, Rudolph and Ernie or what's his name or Herbie? God damn. Um, do you know the part where they're talking about being independent? Like they, they, they talk about it. Like I'm independent. I don't remember that part, but that's, I think I've seen 
something like that. I just yeah. remember something like being something non-selfish, Jason Rudolph. Right. Well, I'll I'll just I'll just give the point to you. They they proceed to do an entire song about how we're misfits because they are where they they live in Christmas Town, but at the same time, what's the matter with misfits? That's where right. we fit in. Right. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest point in all of this, which is like, you know, we're all misfits, but at the same time, that's not a bad thing. It's what it's where it's what makes us fit in. We're all misfits, you know. Right. So I, I think that's um interesting and i guess i just quickly ask you know do you have anything else to add on to that stuff uh take them pills even though they suck, <laughs> <laughs> they suck. i mean i've never had to take pills for my autism and i'm so happy i don't Ooh, they suck <laughs> for, oh, from my. my experience they suck <laughs> oh my goodness that was funny <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, and you're right. Yes, you know, if it, if it really does help you, like in Nikki's case, it does. You you should take them. It's, right. It's like, you know, you'll you'll be happy in the end. Right. So I I think that's uh, funny. Um. Well, anyway, um, um, I'm gonna let you go soon. But actually, um, for our audience who doesn't know, well, they do know, but um, I'm gonna emphasize this a little more. Um, you obviously are the nephew to Matthias, who I had on yeah. the show previously. And if I'm correct, he's here with you right now. Yes, sir. All right. So, so all right. So we have Matthias with us uh, right now. And basically, like I said earlier, I had a little idea of what we could do before we go, which is a quick game of kind of a, a version of the dating game where I'm going to have both you, since you know each other pretty well, I assume, I'm going to have, have you uh, answer some questions to test your knowledge of how well you really do know each other. He's not pretty enough for me to date. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I don't blame you, man, but it's all good. Um, so I'm assuming you both have a piece of paper in front of you right now. And basically, uh, first, I'm going to ask you a set of five questions that are meant to um, kind of uh, uh, sort of, uh, um, there are pretty specific answers to them. Um, and that'll be the first five. And then the second five I have are just going to be questions where you're going to close your eyes and you're just going to point to whether it's you or the other who does this more or whatever. So, you know, you get the idea. Yep. Good. All right. All right. All right. So I have uh, my first uh, question here. And uh, the first question is, what is the other's favorite ice cream flavor? Wow. And then when you're done, uh, show me the answer at the same time. Have you written down your answer? That's that's a that's a good one. <laughs> I'm not looking. Yeah, okay, don't right. don't look. Don't look at the others. Okay, this, don't okay. cheat. You know this is All meant right. to be anonymous. Okay, ready? Three, yeah. two, one. Show me the answers. Uh. Okay, I see um, Zion, bring that up. I can't read that. I see, uh, uh, I see, what is that, pistachio? Yeah. Okay, I see pistachio for Matthias. What, Matthias, what do you think Zion's favorite is? Vanilla, is that correct? For both of you? Oh, no. No. <laughs> what would it be? What would it be? What's yours? What's mine? No, what's his? Mine is, mine is, mine is probably, um... <laughs> 
uh, Snickers. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess you were in the ballpark because you said a nut flavored one. Yeah, so he was close. He was closer than I was. Why is yeah. cookies and cream? Now, see, I was uh. going to put cookie dough, but <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, no. Yeah, for me, I'll just say this now. I think my favorite flavor, um, or I'll, I'll say at least one of my favorites, because I have a few, but I think the most notorious one that's my favorite flavor is a uh, mint chip. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't like the chips and the mint chip, but I like the mint ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. All right. Uh, my second one um, here is um, what is the other's favorite TV show? Ooh, wow. <laughs> or favorite movie if you want to just stick with the. That's harder. <laughs> Whichever one's easier, either favorite TV show or favorite movie. Just pick one. Uh, I'll do both. Uh, let's see. I mean, you know, I know these are tough, but it's like try and think for a moment. It's like, what do you always see them talking about or watching or something like that? What do you know they like? It's like, what? And and if you completely don't know, just think about the kind of person they are and think about what that would, what mo- what movie that would put them in. Put it that way. I just love, I, I know for our listeners, they can't see this, but um, I love looking at how you're, you just have a sort of a puzzled look on your face. It's just oh. like, it, it's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. And, and by the way, for all my listeners out there who are listening only go check out my YouTube. Okay. And, and see this for yourself visually. It's pretty good. You, <laughs> oh, really? You'd be, sure, you'd be surprised actually how much I enjoy actually seeing your face when you respond to all these different questions when both of you have been on here it's like watching your facial expressions it actually makes me both smile and also chuckle sometimes all right but do you have uh, do you have You're your ready? answers yeah all right three two one show me the answers okay i see uh zion can you raise your... okay i see a sports center for matthias matthias uh show me yours well i know he likes anime i just don't know which one so TV <laughs> said, shows, I just put anime because <laughs> uh, he loves to watch anime shows. Okay, well, I, I guess I would ask for both of you: is are those answers accurate? Yeah. Sports Center is pretty close, I think. Um, I think. Uh, um, by the way, also uh, Zion for movies, well, I think Around the Horn is probably where he got that. So, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. so he knows yeah. I watch a lot of ESPN. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What? You say? what? what you say about movies? Uh, he said. He's Matthias said about you that your favorite movie is Fast and the Furious. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good choice. Yeah. yeah, he likes pretty much all of them. So, <laughs> and by the way, for Zion said for you, uh, I think Bruce Lee, it was Bruce Lee, Eye of the Dragon, or something. Um, oh, Enter the Dragon, yeah, yeah it's probably it's, one of my it's probably one of my top five movies. Yeah, okay, there you go, probably one of my top that five. Was, movies. Wow, was yeah, that yeah, was yeah, for me, my favorite movie, um, uh, is actually uh, comedy. Cause I love comedy movies and comedy TV shows. Like those are my favorites. My favorite movie is uh, the princess bride. Wow. That's which is, but it's a great movie. Yeah. It's hilarious. It is a great movie. Yeah. And then my favorite TV show, it's actually two of them. Uh, it's uh modern family and family guy. Those are my two favorite TV shows. I like rush hour. That's probably my favorite. You like, Oh, rush hour. Okay. I like all the rush hours. Okay. That, that's interesting. All right. Um, all right. Third question. Um, 
what is the other's most repeated phrase or sentence? Like, what did they say the most? No, oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> All right, I think he already has his answer and I have mine. All right, well then if you have both of your answers, show me them in three, two, one. Uh, okay, Zion, can you raise yours? Because I, I, I still can't see. Okay, uh, Zion said Matthias's most repeated phrase is dude. Yeah. What if, uh, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> For, Matthias says that Zion's most repeated phrase is on God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, at least you finally uh, were very confident in your answers. Like shows you really know each other then, I guess, in that way. <laughs> Like, at least you're paying attention to the other when they're talking. We can't help because we always say it to each other. So <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right, cool. Well, how about we shift from what we like most about each other, what we hate most about each other. And, and that is, and that kind of is my next question, which is what is the other's most annoying habit? Uh, are we gonna find out something we didn't know about each other that might break this relationship <laughs> oh no that'll never be broken well that's good i mean i i guess at the same time if this is if, if you really uh know each other well you'll know this and so as a result it won't break you you'll just you'll just be like you'll just be reminded uh, like oh yeah okay all right all right show me the answers in three two one all right, Zion says that Matthias's most annoying habit is he cuts people off. True, that's true. <laughs> and then Matthias, what'd you say? Okay, Matthias said Zion's most annoying habit is his impatience, which is probably true, you know, <laughs> given that we were just talking about how impatient you really are with the ADHD. <laughs> so, all right, well, cool. So good job there by both of you. You know, it's like, it isn't perfect, but you clearly know each other to a degree. And so- for the second half of this, I'm going to have you do something different. So you can put your pencils and paper down. I'm not going to require that. What you're going to do is you're both going to close your eyes. And basically, I'm going to kind of ask you uh, one or the other questions. And basically, when I ask each question, you have to point to either it's yourself or the other who does this more, basically, or who is this more. Okay. Okay. So close your eyes, both of you, no peeking. And then just point to the person you think does this or is this more. Okay. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you if you got it right. Okay. All right. First one. Who is more likely to wait longer to take a shower? <laughs> oh. Ding, ding. Wait, are you saying Zion, Mathias? Mm -hmm. Then you're wrong. <laughs> well, you're both wrong. Like you both said the other. So why is that? I mean, I probably will. I, I mean, I ain't going to I probably will wait longer, but I just don't got the patience. I, I thought you were saying like, if you had the opportunity to take it, like, oh, I thought you were saying if you like got the choice to take a shower now or choose like to wait after something. I think he got, yeah, he got confused with, with waiting the longest to take it or mm -hmm. taking the longest showers. Okay. So, so right. I was right. Okay, fine. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Next one. You can close your eyes again. All right. Next question. Who spends more time on social media? 
<laughs> You're right. It's Zion. <laughs> Good one. So are you just like a total social media freak? Zion? Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, that's a fair point. You know, right. he has a social network. I'm, right. I'm, I, I'm not on, I'm not even on, I'm not even on Facebook. I've never been on Facebook in my entire life. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't got Facebook. And I have an Instagram account, but I can't think of the last time I've actually looked at it. <laughs> there you so. go. There, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be here. Here, I have a quick uh, side story. It, it, if you really want to be like, I think the best idea of having to be active on Instagram is I think there's a way you can set your, if your phone has a face ID unlock, you can literally set your phone so that anytime you unlock your phone with your face, it takes a picture and posts it to Instagram. Yeah, that's just not happening. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, that's yeah, just, no. my phone can do that, but that's just way too much. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's serious stuff. Like there was a dude I saw online who, uh, who pulled a prank on his brother by, by having that happen while he didn't know it. <laughs> so it, it produced wow. some pretty funny results. <laughs> but uh, all right, anyway, next one. All right, close your eyes again. Um, who got in more trouble when they were in school? I don't know what he was like in school. <laughs> well, he's saying himself, so it's probably you, you, Matthias. So, yeah, no. So, and I probably agree with that too. If I had to guess, I'd say it was you. No offense. So, well, I mean, it's definitely me because he knows he knows a lot of my yeah, and he knows a lot of my like my childhood yeah, I friends, and I hung out right. with a lot of troublemakers and crazy dudes. So, <laughs> it just right. came with the territory. I mean, I, I was a good did. kid, but I just hung out with a lot of. With a lot of crazy, with a lot of crazy dudes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. I right. I don't think I've ever gotten in trouble in school except for elementary school. Okay. Yeah, you know, but that was when he was defending himself and he had to let a kid know I'm no pushover. So yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't get expelled though. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, it's all good, man. I get no. I get that. I probably did yeah, that. Zion, Zion's not Zion. Zion's not Zion's not a troublemaker. He doesn't really get in trouble. He just does other things right <laughs> nice all right uh next one all right uh who is more fun when the two of you are together mm. <laughs> you're both saying yourself <laughs> so you're wrong <laughs> how do you think you're 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 more fun than the other i joke with him more than he does i mean yeah but like Let's but he say, but he doesn't like it sometimes. Okay, I'm talking about let's say we was doing something like I'm gonna last more than him. <laughs> like oh, he'll probably quit before I would. That's funny. Yeah, no, I mean I get both of your perspective there. It's like, yes, yeah. you usually go for the jokester, but if they occasionally make the bad joke, I don't know. So all right. All right. Second to last one. Okay. Who is more likely to bring up how strong they are? <laughs> yep it's zion uh. <laughs> he's the football player not me yeah, so yeah no that's that's a fair point it's like he he pride he he literally prides himself on his strength yeah to play so. what he loves so i get that all right last one i definitely think this is the most important one and probably the most difficult one to answer who's better at basketball <laughs> good one you both said matthias well done well done. Both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me quickly ask why. I, I've been playing it longer, I guess. 
I mean, but I haven't played in a while. He could have he could have been a great basketball player if he had stuck with it. But yeah, I know. You know, I mean, I mean, he's a football player now. Is my life. I still played it. Yeah, I mean, and I still played it more than he did. So yeah. you know, I mean, that's that I grew up playing basketball my whole life. So all right. Yeah, I got it. Well, great job, both of you guys. You know, obviously, you're not perfect. In what? I said I would beat him in a race. Now he would. <laughs> yeah. Well, great job, both of you guys. I mean, he, it's like, he's, yeah, he's the better football player and the better soccer player. And yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like maybe basketball is the only thing you're better at him than at. Yeah. Not just, even by a lot. Once I started dunking, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I won't have to do anything yeah. else. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just, I'm a better player, but his handles are a little better than mine. I can okay. do that. His handles are a little better than mine. All right. There you go. Well, um, great job, both of you. I mean, it's clear, obviously, you know each other more than the average person would know the average person. So I guess that's an uh, accomplishment at the well, end. Well, I mean, of the day. you know, con considering we've been apart from each other for a year. Yeah, no, and you know. yeah, no, because I mean, it's like you don't live with each other per se. So it's yeah. like, you know, obviously the fact that you're able to do this well with that kind of uh, 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 space separation. Or, yeah, yeah, uh. yeah, exactly. It, you know, I have to tap tip my hat off to you there but um anyway i'd like to thank uh specifically you Zan, but also you matthias for your both of your time today you Anytime, know great, man. i hope the i hope the interview was great I'm oh it was awesome had a chance to uh oh to get back to, to it and get the audio and everything straight and yep. yeah oh it was great man we you know it's i think this is going to be a great post i think our audience really appreciated uh hearing your voice today and all and so i think we're we're gonna all look back at this and say we did good i yeah. think that's the most important to thing send the, after it's done. i will make sure to do that man but um anyway um you know uh thank you both for joining us today thank you specifically zion for answering all the questions i'm sure our audience had a a great time listening to your insight and i'm sure they learned a lot from it as well and you know i think they'll take a lot of this too i certainly did that's for sure um i also want to thank our subscribers and listeners for joining us today. If you'd like to uh, look for more great content, then please just go to our website at www.sportsonthespectrum.net. And then for all of you out there as well, please make sure to follow the three rules of life, which are stay safe, have fun, get dirty, and I will see you all on the next episode of Sports on the Spectrum. I'm Keegan Flagner saying so long and have a great day.